0: Up ahead, Watson. No one near him, and he's going to come.
1: everybody, you're listening to Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. Today we have, we will be discussing the both Michigan games. We will talk about the upcoming Big Ten tournament. And uh, later on we have Anthony Ionion, former MSU uh, basketball player. So uh, great episode here, uh, lots of content. So Tim, if you want to go ahead and take it away, go for it.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome um, back. You're going to definitely want to stay tuned for that um, Anthony Ayani interview. We really picked his brain about MSU. Some fun stuff in there. It's a great listen. I was mesmerized listening to him talk about some of the inner workings of MSU basketball. Um, So stay tuned. But uh, for now, um, you know, obviously there's only one thing we can talk about, and that's the the two games that MSU just played against their rival, uh, Michigan. Now, as it stands, as we're sitting here recording, Michigan is third in Ken Palm. Michigan State is 60th. Okay. Um, uh, in the first game, or is that right? I want to make sure that's, that's right. It's the first game, yes. Oh, no. As it stands right now, Sorry, I missed. Wait, that is right.
1: No, it's not. 56.
2: No, Michigan State's it's fifty-six. Sorry, I messed that up. But Michigan is third, and Michigan State is fifty-six in Camp Palm as we sit here and record. The first matchup, um, if you watched it, kind of ugly. Um, we can, we can touch on it shortly. Obviously, it pretty much got out of hand. It was a blowout. Um, it ended being a 19-point win for Michigan, but, you know, at points it was much uglier than that, and the benches were on the floor for the last bit of the game. It was, uh, you know, they got clobbered, but, um, I want to talk about one part of the game, and this was what really fired me up, and I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, um, MSU was in it, I think they had... They were like down five or four. It was five. Five going to the line for two. So could cut it to three. Couple of minutes left before halftime. Um, Aaron Henry gets fouled. That's why he's going to the line. Going up for a shot. And in the process of finishing his shot, which he has a little bit of elbow action, but in my opinion, a couple of inches of elbow action should be allowed if you're shooting a basketball. Um, maybe we could sit and argue about that. Uh, They go to the monitor, and I say out loud, like, oh, my God, Boborowski is about to (laughs) do something, like, insane. (laughs) I just want to touch on this. Think about it from a basketball player standpoint. You have the ball. You literally get your arm grabbed as you're going up to shoot. That's what Franz Wagner did to Henry. Grabbed his arm. Foul. Whistle. Then he goes up to shoot and makes a tiny little bit of room for himself. Franz, who we now know in hindsight, loves to um, make a little bit of a... In soccer, we call it making a meal out of it. Um, he really lets everyone know that he got touched in the face with uh, Aaron Henry's elbow. They go to the monitor. In slow motion, everything looks terrible. In slow motion, it looks like he's somewhat elbowing Franz, who, again, really sells it. I mean, because it wasn't much in live action, very little. And in, the, in a Big Ten basketball game, in my opinion, these are plays that happen every single time someone's got the ball. Just a little bit of, you know, your head happened to be in his elbow space after you fouled him. They call it a flagrant. And this is what really it, – it, obviously the swing in points is big because I think he went down and hit both of them. Yeah, MS, uh, Michigan gets the ball back. Um, he, he missed one. Franz? Yeah. Did Aaron hit both or I he think missed one? he missed one. Yeah, I think it did equal out. But puts a foul on Aaron Henry, which then you can argue about all, this point all you want sends him to the bench because of the auto bench. That's, you know, you could say that that's not the right coaching call, but let's be real. It's pretty common. Second foul, a guy's going. And this is a foul that should have never occurred. It is, like, actually crazy to me that they went through with this. And after that point, I'm not trying to make any excuses for the team. You could tell they weren't mentally mentally tough. They quit. They, um kind of got a little sloppier. They were just sort of um, jumping, like gambling on stuff and letting wide-open shooters, and Michigan just um, tore them to pieces. And the announcers even said, you know, oh, I really kind of feel like after that flagrant, that it, the energy changed." Well, yeah, that is actually what happened. <laughs> yes. it, it was a call that should have never been made. No, I have a friend whose dad played basketball for Michigan. He was a basketball player himself. He's a huge Michigan fan. We go back and forth on Twitter all the time. We're good friends though it's all fun. I asked him about the play. I said you being a basketball shooter especially you don't you're not allowed to get a couple of inches of space while you're being while you're shooting with your elbow. It's not like he jabbed out like a whole foot or something um and he said that he thought that the call wasn't pretty soft and there was something you could easily just you know play on like move past and that's going from someone who was happy that it was called you know obviously he was because Michigan ended up winning the game um anyway things got ugly it was a Honestly, it was just another one of those games of the season. Like how many of those have we had this season? Like Too many. dude, whenever they five? lose, whenever they
1: lose it's usually not pretty.
2: It just like turns up they they get sloppy, they gamble and they kind of quit mentally when they know that they actually can't win. Now, that being said, Michigan's defense was stifling them. Um MSU, I I can't even remember the last time this happened. I know it's been a long time. Um the TV said 2013 or Maybe it was Twitter. MSU goes 0 for nine from three. Which twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. 0 for nine from three. Um doesn't hit a single three against their rival. Uh I was at the end of the game I was cheering for a like a like a consolation three. Just so that they wouldn't go over. for. <laughs>
1: Somebody brought this up, uh Matt and brought this up on another podcast. Man, imagine you know those thromos they've been having if your team hits a three-pointer, you'll win so much money. Yeah. Imagine betting on MSU to hit a three-pointer in this game.
2: <laughs> yeah, mm, that'd be uh, sickening. <laughs> on the other end, Michigan shoots 43.8% um, from three. Absolutely lit up. Franz Wagner, I mean, he was killing us. And all of his shots were pure, too. I mean, they were just dropping. Um, Michigan... Uh, dispatches of Michigan State Easily It uh, sealed their Big Ten Conference uh, Championship Which they celebrated Right there on the floor With confetti and stuff And um, and that was that It was clinched So then A lot of people are thinking Okay They just absolutely blew Michigan State out What You have something to say Okay that? so you were going on About this Broski call
1: <laughs> I knew that it was going to happen because it's Tim. And uh, going on Baroski, there was a – I'm kind of going on tangent here, but I wanted to bring this up. The Wisconsin-Iowa game on Sunday, and he called it, and there was, let's just say, a little bit of controversy in that game, and Wisconsin fans were very upset. No way.
2: <laughs> Bo Baroski actually has an impact on the outcomes of him. Absolutely. Like, things are different if he's refing. I mean – you just call it how it is there's there's too much there's too many trends in like his games it's It's weird, and the games are out of control. It's like whistle 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 you know it's it, insane it like it, absolutely crazy you could you tell know. the
1: difference that he you yeah. could tell he was not there it's terrible in, yeah. on sunday. and
2: I tweeted well this is a good segue the sunday game but Let, let's talk about it. a lot of people are thinking, okay, um, they just blew him out now what's this mean for Michigan state like? Do they really have the chops to beat this Michigan team? Like, Michigan comes to play, probably not. That's what I was thinking. And on our last podcast, I predicted 0-2. You predicted 1-1. Good on you. Um, I mean, I didn't think they were going to win on Sunday after that game. I'll say this. I did mention, though, that my heart wanted to say 1-1. But on paper, it was just, like, so obvious. And after the first game, I was thinking, like, yeah, I was right. (laughs) Well, this is the enigma that is Michigan State basketball this season. They look like Jekyll, and then they look like, is it Dr. Hyde? It's Hyde. I, just yeah, Hyde. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. Whatever. Jekyll and Hyde. They are two different teams. I'm mean, Now, they have been really good at home, and it worries me for neutral court. I wonder, like... Um, not because of rest. That's not no, how it works. Boborowski comes to rest. He's, he's gonna be. A, he's gonna be. He cost us Purdue game. <laughs> yes, he did. That he so did. and I was at wrestling. <laughs> no, it's the. I think it's the comfort. I think it's the the rims. I don't know. They they put it makes hands.
1: an impact for sure.
2: Um, even maybe, without fans. You know, your you know your same like routine in your locker room and your training room. That's you know always has an impact. Um. So. Going into uh, Sunday, it's, you know, the, the line's dropping. It's definitely smaller because it's a Michigan State home game. But Michigan State wins this game. They're in the NCAA tournament. They have something to win. Um, Michigan, on the other hand, they celebrated. They won it. But you want, you'd have to think they want to beat their rival again. Settle this all the way. What were you thinking going into it?
1: I Obviously, I said before the Thursday game, 1-1, one one, I thought they were going to lose after that game on Thursday. The way they played, I thought that they were going to – I just thought they
2: were going to fold, and I thought they were going to lose. Yeah, I – after Thursday, I was thinking, God, I mean, this might really come down to a play-in game, like in the like Ugh, Big Ten Dude, I, I would have I hated that so like, much. Yeah. <laughs> like playing actually to be in the – well – um Sunday comes, um, game starts out, Michigan State's looking pretty normal, Um, but I would say this is definitely worth noting, and it has a big impact, Um, and it definitely affected the game. I don't know if the the outcome would have been different, but shortly into the game, Eli Brooks goes down. Now, this was... Just an accident. It had nothing to do with any other player. He rolled his ankle pretty badly. He's out. Now this is important because um, Michigan has a very short bench. Like realistically, they play their starting lineup and like two other guys, and there might be some guys who play spot minutes just to like fill in until you know. Someone
1: can
2: catch like, a breather. Like a Terrence Williams. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, what is the... Uh, I'm looking for him right here. Terrence Williams He didn't even uh, He might
1: be hurt, man. I don't know. you you think he would have played at least. No, he didn't play.
2: Uh, what's the other guy's name? Zeb Jackson. Oh, yeah. He played a little bit. On um, I was trying to think of his name. I don't know their team that well. He, um, yeah. He, I bet you kind of heard him a little bit. So, Eli goes out. Now... That's impactful because now they have like to play the guy who's usually coming in and spotting up for um, the rest of the guy's minutes. Well, now he's playing in that whole role, and they actually have to play another guard to keep this thing going, meaning Zeb Jackson has to come in who's a freshman and has a lot to prove. But he's got to play some more minutes, and they lose the impact of a senior a uh, guard who is a, definitely a good defender. He hits shots. He makes plays. He's been in the national championship. He is experienced. It's This is the season you want these kind of guys. It kind of changed things. Changed some of the matchups. And what I saw, what I was seeing, other than the fact that Rocket Watts decided to just go off and win the game... <laughs> On his own. Because that's kind of what he was doing. He just, like, playing iso ball, hitting shots. But it was by design, Ryan. They were picking on Mike Smith. Rocket was torching him. I rewatched the highlights. Rocket was having his way with this kid. He's a couple inches taller. So when he would uh, do a little bit of a, you know, his little jump back, fade away jumper that he was shooting all night... Mike Smith has absolutely no chance of actually blocking that shot. What does that mean for a shooter? You're comfortable. You, If you know that you get to get this shot off every time without the bother of a, a long arm, you are more comfortable in your shot. Think about it. You're not like worried about getting blocked over and over and over. And what does that produce? Well, Rocky Watts goes off for 21 points. He was 8 for 14 from the field. He missed both of his threes. He, uh, oh, he missed that one dagger. That one of the would have been a dagger. And it was very close. Yep. Went five five for six from the line. And the one he missed was, like, his first um, two at the line. So one of, one of the first two at the line. So he, like, iced it out. Um, he had four rebounds, four assists.
1: Only two turnovers.
2: Yeah, only two turnovers. He had the ball a lot. I mean, he played 32 minutes. This kid... Was the reason they won. Don't, I mean, Him and Aaron Henry. I mean yes, but at this point you're just kinda like if Aaron Henry isn't Aaron Henry, this then you're team gonna lose a chance. Yeah. You need someone else. And look at Aaron Henry. He Eight, eighteen, five rebounds, three assists, a steal. It's just classic Aaron Henry. Yep. Um and he doesn't you don't get the stats uh for like good defense as in just playing good defense on someone. You, you know, if you don't get a steal or a block, you could still play good defense. Aaron Henry was terrorizing them. Um, Malik Hall bothered Franz Wagner the whole game. Franz could not finish. Um, the big uh, big guys facing Hunter Dickinson, they did well. Like you'll hear uh, Ayani talk about. Um, Julius Marble played good defense on him. Uh, Bingham came in, had a big impact. Uh, I already mentioned Malik Hall. He was huge. He was terrific, actually. Hitting a three. And he has struggled with that also. Yeah, and he only took the one, so that's efficient. Um, And then, of course, another guy we definitely need to talk about, Joey Hauser. Comes in, 11 points. He gets five rebounds. And those were big 11 points. Hit a three. Um. Going one for two, I mean, that's better efficiency, at he's, least. I've criticized a lot him a lot this year, but he's been a lot better the last uh,
1: probably f- three or four games, I feel like, four games at least. He was pretty good in the Indiana game at home. I, I mean,
2: think he's been...
1: He hasn't been, obviously, what we thought he would be, but he's,
2: he's, been, he's been solid, at least. For sure, solid. I think he's been humbled by, you know, like, legitimately losing his minutes yeah. for, like... It, there's no question. I think that he knows he had has to be better. Otherwise, He's not gonna he play. shouldn't play. Um, defensively, it's always gonna be like a one of, more of a weakness for him. But he, um, you know, he comes in. He makes uh, one of two of his. You know, I already said um, it's more selective. That's better efficiency. Goes four for five from the floor. So that's great. And then uh, another guy we gotta say. Didn't have the biggest impact for um, the game, but Gabe Brown iced the game out with his free throws. Gabe Brown, the free throw god. Yep. um, (laughs) He's the guy you want um, on the free throw line. And listen, this game, MSU was better pretty much the whole way. I mean, it was close, close. Brooks goes out. MSU kind of inched away and inched away and inched away. And then at the end, oh they made it God. interesting. Like, ooh, I man. I was going to be <clears throat> actually sick. If they would have blown that. I would have been like lying oh, face down on God, the floor. Oh, my God, dude. I,
1: I but, when the Livers put that three up, he it was wide open. I was like, oh, my God. Here we go.
2: Yeah. They were – and then, you know, Rocket, what are you doing in that end scenario where he steps out of bounds, surrounded? Like – and then that
1: Langford turnover, but then you know and then he got coked down that defensive end, but then he hit that three. So, you know, it's all
2: good. Izzo said that <laughs> he was standing right behind yeah. Langford for the shot and he saw the jump, the release, and the knew ball. He said it. it was in the no whole way. So um Josh Langford makes the shot when it counts. He goes one for two. Um, two for three from the floor, which is good efficiency from him. You know, like he didn't have the crazy rebounding night, like <laughs> you know, like the 15 or 16 or whatever he had that one time. But, I think it was the Ohio State game he did. That. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh, the one of his criticisms have always been his efficiency shot selection. Loves that long, too. Um, sometimes it's like he's at the three. He just steps in for the two for some reason you can't even figure out. But um, <clears throat> he was extremely efficient. Um, shooting-wise in this one, and he hit it when it counted. And uh, the rest is history, man. I mean, they needed that win.
1: Now. I wanted to bring something up about Josh Langford. Go ahead. Uh, All the Michigan fans (laughs) who laughed about him. Oh, my gosh, it's a five-star, this fifth-year senior. They were all laughing about it. Well, you know what? He had a three to ice the game in in your face. So, you know, it's – yeah, that guy that you were laughing
2: at kind of – Won the game for MSU, so... I actually did think about that, too, because Michigan fans have been especially mean to Josh the.
1: It's like, the dude pretty much broke his foot twice, so, like, <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally it kind of... Literally did. kind of <laughs> screws up your development a little bit. I
2: don't know. I think that's how basketball works, but, hey, what do I know? <clears throat> um. Do you have anything else to say about Beating Michigan. I
1: mean, it felt great. They needed that win. Uh, I don't have to hear Juan is three and one against Dizzo, so that's nice. Right. <laughs> that would have been very annoying.
2: So yeah, it's um, even now, and I get. I mean, it it is a little crazy. This is like one of his worst teams. And they still can't. And this those. is one of like, well, it's obviously one of Juwan's best teams. It, it is, is Juwan's best team, but. It's one of the best Michigan. I heard people saying it's one of the best Michigan teams since the Fab Five. I saw that multiple. Dude, times. that 2013 team is better than this team. Well, it's all gonna be. Yeah. It's all gonna be hindsight 2020 when the season ends. Yeah. But, um, that being said, like for Michigan, this Michigan State team to still split when the odds were—I mean, they were humongous underdogs in both games. Um, you know, there is no coincidence. The coaching staff, they've been doing this for a while now, cyclically. they have a track record of getting things like this to happen and you know when we were sitting back here talking about will they make the tournament however long ago, a month and a half, two months, and I remember thinking um, I remember thinking that uh is this going to happen? probably not, but I did say you look at their schedule it is theoretically possible like if you just start putting win 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 you know those wins are good those wins are quad one those ones will get them in but the chances that this team that's struggling so mightily is gonna get all those wins against all these good teams like almost impossible well they went and did it and i told some of my michigan friends the one i was talking about earlier, I told him a couple of months ago, I said, listen, man, he's done this when I thought it was impossible before. Um, Travis Trice, senior year um, with Brandon Dawson. Yep. That was a season where I remember thinking, you know, there was a point when they were in trouble, but that run in the Big Ten tournament pretty much solidified any question. Um, You know, I remember thinking, like, this isn't a really good team, and then they still... Almost win the Big Ten tournament I and go to the Final Four. Like I remember laughing at laughing at the Danzel Leon
1: time after they lost to UConn and said that they're going to go to the Final Four next year. I was like, Yeah, okay, buddy.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> called it. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it it's his, uh, he has a tendency to do this. So if you're doubting him still after this one, now l- let's be real. He made the NCAA tournament. He didn't go to the Final Four this year. Season's not over, but um, if you're down, I'm still after this one. You, you just got to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's a Hall of Famer for a reason. So, this win, I mean, we could get into the nitty-gritty, but pretty much everywhere you look, Michigan State is in the NCAA tournament. Um, Gary Parrish, CBS today, said when he uses the term lock for NCAA tournament, he means explicitly, no matter what happens between now and Selection Sunday, you are in. You are going to be in the NCAA tournament, and he said that MSU is a lock. Um. So, I do. We need to expound no, on. No, it, it's it, it comes down to seeding now, and uh, we talked
1: to Iani about this, and he uh, he said I really hope we're not an eight or nine seed, and I feel the same way. I don't want to play. Gonzaga or Baylor, and that would be the likely scenario if you're an 8 or a 9. So, hoping for an 11 or a 10, to be completely honest with you. Or if you win
2: a couple games, give me a 7 seed. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, It's hard projecting these brackets, especially with what could happen. Because let's say MSU goes and makes a run in the Big Ten tournament. Um, All those games are quad one, and they could play four. They get, I think they can get up with the summit line, I think at the, I, It's conceivable. and that would really closely align with what happened in that 2015 season. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's your there you have it. Long, crazy road, weird season, painful season, gosh. I had a friend ask me, <laughs> "How are you still watching?" Um, and then we talked about this, but he was, he's not a state fan. He was like, Is it, Isn't it painful? And I was like, <laughs> And I thought for a second, I was like, Yeah, for a lot of games, it, it has been.
1: Yep. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, for some of those painful games, I didn't watch a single minute because I
2: was so tired of it. I, you know, I, I just learned a long time ago it's so much sweeter when you, you just got through the bad stuff. So much sweeter. So, it's a give and take. Yeah. MSU gives a lot. They give a lot when it comes to basketball.
1: Yeah, honestly I probably should have just sucked it up and watched that thirty point Iowa blowout. blow out, but you know, it is what it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen man, I know even I thought about it. So that tells you that it's um it's not that big of a deal to save yourself an hour. Um anyway, so NCAA tournament lock. Um Big Ten tournament. Uh well. I can pull up the uh, bracket, but we know who we're playing. Um, at what time? Go ahead, Ryan. It is noon on Thursday. They play against Maryland. So, if we recall the Maryland game, I know a lot of people are saying, um, "Oh, I don't want to see Maryland," which I agree with. But they just took a old uh, pretty bad team, so you know. Um, that and, and, Maryland was at home. Maryland was on a seven-day break. MSU is going to freaking the East Coast like in a crazy stretch of games and all of their shots fell short. I wonder if that was a coincidence. Um, I was being sarcastic. No, I'm not going to blame it on stuff like that specifically, but you want to play them straight up with some rest on a neutral court? I think that... Um, the game could be a little different. Now, last time, I was talking about the small ball and how that could um, suit Michigan State in that matchup. But Maryland, it suited more (laughs) in that matchup. They played small ball, and they did it better. They had a great game plan. They knew what to do against Michigan State, and that does worry me in terms of that game. I would have
1: preferred to play Rutgers in this game for sure. I, I would have rather played Rutgers than Maryland, to be completely honest with you. But I think they can beat Maryland. But... I
2: think that MSU is, has the advantage here. Maryland in their mind probably thinks they know and they've got Michigan State figured out. Because that's surely what it seemed like in their game. But they're getting a fresher Michigan State. They're going to get a Michigan State that probably isn't going to miss everything and you're going to make everything because you're at home. Right. Um. They're going to get the Aaron Henry Hound, and a now more confident Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser. I don't think that they're going to get the same version that they're expecting. And I'm going to call it right now. I'm not saying that Michigan State's going to win. I think that Michigan State, contrary to their very typical performance, I think that they're going to come out and punch Maryland in the mouth to start the game. Because it would make sense to me that Maryland would maybe just be a little content in the matchup.
1: Well if they if they punch them in the mouth, I think they're gonna win this game. I I do, because That's cause, cause if you
2: 'cause this
1: team has a pretty uh decent uh pretty big trend going here where I seem it seems like if they start out decently, they know they're in the game, they play hard the whole time. If you get down early it usually it can it can it can get pretty ugly. We've seen it happen a few times this year. So I think if you punch Maryland in the mouth, I think you're in a pretty good shot, to, pretty good uh, place to win that game. If you recall, Maryland made
2: like all of their shots yep. to start the game, and MSU we were just, shooting like eighty six percent to start. MSU just literally missed all of them, and so now you're in like a ten point hole to start the game. It, it was, was 11-0. eleven zero, yeah, yeah, to start the game, and that that was it for me, like.
1: The only game I can think of this year, Remus, you got punched in the mouth. They came back is mm-hmm. the Indiana game on the road. Yeah. That's the only
2: one. And you, you want to see that from them, but, you know, when it's, it's still not falling it's still not falling, It, it things get tough. So, um, Maryland, you know, we saw them recently. Um, I <laughs> – this is hard for me to call because, like, I am actually a little afraid. But I do think that there's a strategic advantage here. And it was really interesting listening to Ayani um talk about you guys will hear we're we're safe to assume ryan that michigan state is going to be preparing for both maryland and michigan um coming into this game so not only they preparing for uh, maryland on thursday michigan might be a little more easy to prepare for since they just face them back to back that's actually interesting i that i say it out loud um Maybe they could focus more on Maryland because they are so fresh um, with their focus on uh, Michigan. Um, but I am going to make you answer. And uh, who do you think is going to win? I guess you're going to win uh, against Maryland. So, that's easy. And Follow-up question. Then they play Michigan.
1: I do not think they'll win the rubber match the Michigan game.
2: Yeah. If I'm just speaking strictly from if they have to rematch Michigan, I find it hard to believe that Michigan State can go two and one. Oh but they. man, if they did. Oh boy. Like they're they're clearly <laughs> not as good of no, a team. They're not. It's but b- things do things do depend on Eli Brooks, I think. My from my experience in playing sports. It looked like he sprained his ankle badly. Yeah. They're going to tape it up. They're going to do a lot of... I think he'll be good to go. I think, yeah, they'll tape that thing (laughs) five times over, and he'll walk out there. Maybe gingerly. He might not be jumping and rebounding as effectively, but, um, you know, you can spot shoot with your your ankle taped to kingdom come. Um, You can run up and down if it's taped up. So, um, yeah, Michigan... Better team. Find it hard to believe that we come in and beat them, especially when, you know, they're gonna Michigan State will have played the day before, um, but you never know. They did beat them. They are capable of beating. They they, they can play with them. Um, they know how to beat them, in terms of like what works. They also know what they should does do. not work. Yeah, so I listen I wouldn't be sh- I, would I be shocked if they beat them no do I think they're gonna win I do not Maryland trending a little downward MSU trending a little upward I give the edge to Michigan State solely because of coaching staff uh,
1: yes Mark
2: Turgeon is not a great coach well yeah I mean he's not, I, I'm not gonna he's say not bad there. but he's I'm not
1: he's not bad but I don't think he's a great he, he's a great coach per se I I don't think he gets the most out of his teams that he could get if that makes
2: sense yeah that's probably pretty fair um so, I'm going to give the edge to the Hall of Fame coach. Um even if it's a nail biter, Maryland I think will fall to I Michigan State. I also want to
1: point out Maryland's kind of been beating up on Cupcakes. Uh yeah. honestly, they they're, they're schedu- their their uh, back schedule their back end of their schedule was not very tough and that got them back, really back in the tournament hunt.
2: Yeah, and and you know, Yeah, good good for
1: them. You know, they figured it out, uh, but it's not like they're playing Goliath every right. game on the back end. This
2: is a really good matchup for Michigan State. Uh, worries me that Marcus Bingham won't be able to be involved as much because he wasn't really that impactful last time. Um, in terms of the small ball, you know, guys stretch the floor, he struggles. I, think I, I know people are going to be upset about this, and I'm not exactly happy about it, but I think we're going to see a decent amount of Thomas Kithier in this game. It's certainly possible. I bet the house you're going to see some a lot of Julius Marble um more Hauser probably and more Hall I would imagine um or you know same amount of Hall as last game cuz he played quite a lot and yeah I'm just going to give a hair of an edge to Michigan State to go up against Michigan and if I just being a smart betting man like I I I want Michigan State to win but it doesn't seem that they'll get a best two out of three with a team that's far better no especially they'll be rested.
1: Um we'll see Hey, we, I mean we've seen crazy things, man. We we saw a really bad IU team sweep MSU a couple years ago, if, so who knows. If
2: Brooks is not back though. There's a there's just, a pretty good chance. Yeah. Just know that this is not going to be the same like as before. You know, they have three losses. Two of them Brooks didn't play basically. That's That's kind of that's notable for sure. That's definitely notable. Um and the one was the other one was to Illinois so Top 10 team. You um, look at the other side of the bracket, how do you think that's going to shape up?
1: Uh, the first game, uh, I think Penn State's going to beat up on Nebraska. Um, then they would play, wind up playing Wisconsin in the court in the in round two. Uh, Indiana Rutgers, I got Rutgers winning that. I think Indiana's Dunzo. I think they've kind of given up after that uh, last Michigan State game. Uh, I've got Wisconsin beating Penn State. So I've got chalk there, and then uh, Ohio State in the other uh, second round game would wind up playing. I think Northwestern. I think Minnesota's done. They I feel like they've given up as well. I think uh, Richard Pino's going to get fired after this year. He's probably done at Minnesota. Um, yeah, guy's not a good coach. Um, so I, I've got Ohio State beating Northwestern, and then obviously I've got. Uh, MSU losing to Michigan, uh, quarterfinals, and I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Ohio State to beat Purdue, uh, and then I've got uh, Illinois over Rutgers. I'm gonna pick. I'm actually gonna pick Wisconsin to beat Iowa. I think Wisconsin's kind of desperate right now, and they've been playing really bad. I think they want to improve their seating, and they don't want to drop down to like an eight line. Mm. Uh. So, and then uh, I'm gonna pick Michigan to go to the title game and. I'm going to pick Illinois to go to the title game as well, and I'm going to pick Illinois over Michigan in the title game.
2: Dang it, Ryan. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the way it looks. If if Eli Brooks doesn't play, this is going to change my whole answer altogether. But um, I think that Michigan's the best team on that side. I think Illinois really has something to prove. Like, they have a gripe. They're not happy. And... um I think that they're going to uh, use that, get themselves to the final. And and uh, with the fact that Eli Brooks may or may not play, he's probably not going to be 100% if he does. And I think that I will take Illinois to win it all as well. I was like a wild card in here. It's just like Fran McCaffrey. Dude, right? like, I, he I had know. had this team, this hype, and what they finished? like Fourth or third. finished third. third, yeah. I mean, that's just so t- – I actually picked – Illinois second, Iowa third. So in my reasoning, it's I, think Fran I, I, I think I had Iowa fourth. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's Fran McCaffrey. Like they don't
1: play defense,
2: man. They, they just don't. I don't know what to tell you. Like the proof is in the pudding with yep. that guy. Um, so that's how we see things for the Big Ten tournament, and um, you know it would be fun to see a run. I I hate Michigan State's like placement in this bracket. Yeah, so I know. sucks. I like, really wish they could have got like a seven seed, or
1: you know, it, I, they probably would have lost Illinois. first round anyways, but
2: they could make a run if they get past Michigan. Michigan but you know, I think they'd be, they beat if they if honestly,
1: man, I think if they did beat Michigan, I think they would beat. Uh, no, I, if, if 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 Purdue won know. that game, if Purdue won that game against Ohio State, uh, I I think MSU could beat Purdue in the semis and make it to the title game.
2: I do. Um, yeah, I, I hope there's madness, but I kind of see, see it going a little. Yeah, tough. I do too. Um, all right. Well, I guess another boring final where you and I have like the same, <laughs> except last time actually never happened. That is true. Um, that,
1: that, unfortunately, yes. I let the
2: people know. You sure we both, we both pick Michigan State, State Yep. And did you have Iowa in the final
1: too? I did not. I I I, I don't. I, I think I think I picked Wisconsin. Yeah. Anyway,
2: we both had Michigan State winning, and I didn't like it. So, um, but yeah, um, fun end to the season. Can't believe that that happened. That's crazy. Twenty third year in a row that we're gonna see Michigan State in uh, the uh, NCAA tournament, and can't be uh, any happier. That's awesome. I I mean, get to participate in Selection Sunday get to don't be excited to, about the brackets. Don't have to
1: sit there and be on the edge of my seat watching to wonder if they're going to get in or not
2: now. It's yeah. great. Um, and this is a year where you're just happy. You're just kind of happy to be there. Like, getting it's, a win it, would it, be it, it is a
1: disappointing season, but the way this season started out, I am very relieved that they made the tournament.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was looking pretty much over. As You'll hear uh, – us get a little more into some of these things when we talk to Anthony Iani, but, um, I guess that's all we had. All right. Yeah.
1: Uh, everybody should stick around and, uh, listen to our interview with Anthony. He was, uh, really fun to have on. I'm glad we could finally get him on the pod. Uh, get we just like Tim said, we just picked his brain and, uh, yeah, it was a great interview. So, uh, hope everybody has a great week and uh, MSU can make some noise in the Big Ten tournament. Go green. Go white. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Spartan Crazy with with Ryan and Tim. Today, we have a special guest, Anthony Iani, former MSU basketball player uh, with autism. And uh, we're going to talk to him, uh, ask him some questions about this season, his experience at MSU. uh, And Anthony is... Doing great. He's uh, a motivational speaker now. And he has a new book coming out, and uh, so yeah, we're. Uh, I guess we're gonna start out now. So,
2: so first of all, uh, how you doing? You enjoying this season?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's definitely been um, a wild roller coaster ride. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, especially three weeks ago when I'm sure. I mean, you. I mean, we were talking about this almost three weeks ago, how we didn't think that this team had any shot at getting into the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I remember like, I remember just like texting. I mean, I'm sure I was texting you, Ryan, and then just texting like a bunch of my buddies and just be like, I'm like, you know, as a player to see this streak possibly end, like it hurts me because, you know, you know, you were a part of that streak. You want to see that streak go on forever and ever. But obviously like history is, you know, you know, all streaks are meant to be broken, but just seeing what these guys have done, this team has done in the last two and a half weeks, has been nothing short but of incredible. And just seeing what coaches on the coaching staff have done, how they've been able to turn it around. I mean, it's, it's just been great, man. And, you know, I'm just thankful that, you know, these guys are getting hot at the right time. And hopefully, hopefully they can keep it rolling, you know, in the Big Ten tournament. And who knows, maybe make a run uh, in the NCAA tournament.
2: That's a, that's a perfect segue um, for this question that we really wanted to ask you about. Um, obviously, the uh, Big Ten tournament is coming up this week. Um, MSU plays Maryland. Um, going into a Big Ten tournament, let's say back in uh, your experience, mm-hmm. um, the coming days, the couple of days before your first game, what was a uh, preparation like? What, what were you guys getting into?
0: So obviously, you know, for our preparation, we had to prepare for basically two teams. Um, so one day in practice, so I will kind of use my, um, so my senior year at Michigan State. So we were we we were um, either going to play Iowa and I believe it was Illinois um, in our quarterfinal game. So one day for practice, we would prepare for Illinois and then watch game film on them the next uh, that very same day. And then the next day, which would either be two days before the Big Ten tournament, uh, we would prepare for Iowa. So we so we definitely kept going back and forth about who we were preparing for and just watching game film on both teams. And then when we would drive down to um, Indianapolis uh, the day of the game, we would watch the game on the TV on the bus. And then once we got into town, we would head right over to I believe it was University of Indianapolis and have like an hour practice. And just walk through Iowa's plays and get a shoot around in. And be the same day the next morning. Like we would walk through Iowa's plays in the hotel, um, in the hotel ballroom there in downtown Indy. So just having that preparation for two teams, it's a little tough because you're so used to like going over, you know, scout, you know, scout team stuff and scout plays for one particular team leading up to a game. But, you know, when it comes to the tournament time, you know, especially the big 10 tournament, like you're, depending what day you play, you're basically preparing for more than one team. And uh, so it's a little bit of a challenge, but I mean, w- the way coach Izzo and the staff were able to help us balance it out. I mean, it definitely made things easier when it came to preparation in the big 10 tournament. So uh, AI, uh, did you have a favorite teammate at
1: MSU and what was your favorite moment as a player in there?
0: Oh man. Um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people obviously assume I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Draymond Green, but you know, Dana is obviously a really good friend of mine, but I think as far as like, you know, favorite teammates, I could say all of them, but you know, Travis Trice was obviously high on my list, you know, because, you know, Trav was, you know, Tra- Trav's like, Trav's like my little brother. And, you know, when him, the when him, um, Brandon Dawson and Brandon Kearney got on campus, you know, I kind of made sure that I took it upon myself to, you know, take those guys under my wing and, get them where to, where they needed to go whether it was class um uh or like just go to um Brody or um Snyder Snyder um at the time for for dinner or lunch and so so obviously Travis was like my guy you know my senior year um and as far as my favorite moment I mean just like I think beating Ohio State in the Big 10 tournament um uh, my senior year was definitely a lot of fun because you know they had beaten us on Senior Day. It was a day where we could have cut down the nets in our own home arena, but you know Ohio State had other plans for us. Um, so we went ahead and you know took took back our championship in the Big Ten Tournament final. And that that game was so much fun because it was so back and forth. And we we got down a seven at one point with like seven minutes to go, and then Brandon Wood hit like back to back threes, and I think Austin Thornton hit a big time two, you know, hit a big time jump shot to put us ahead and you know, being able to cut down the nets, you know, in the big 10 tournament was a lot of fun. Cause that was actually the first time I got to cut down the nets as a Michigan state Spartan, because the previous years, you know, my first year I couldn't travel. Um, but I was able to cut down the net, you know, at Michigan state when we won the big 10 tournament, or excuse me, won the big 10 championship at home. But like going to the final four that year, I couldn't cut down the net cause I wasn't allowed to travel, but cutting down the net as a player. that was like the first time I got that opportunity. And, uh, but just that tournament itself was so much fun and just being a part of that atmosphere in the Big Ten tournament at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I mean, there's there was no better other time and no other better moment than that time right there.
1: Yeah, man. I I remember that Ohio State game. That game was nuts. I can't, I can't believe that was that was eight years ago. That's crazy. I know. Um, and, and
0: they had such a loaded team too, man. I mean, they had Sullinger, they had um who else did they, have? they had they had Deshaun Thomas, um, I mean Aaron Kraft. I mean I mean, they were they were just a loaded team that year, man. And the fact that they went to the Final Four didn't surprise me. Which you know, I was a little upset that we didn't get a, another shot, another crack at them. Um, but I mean, what, what, I mean, we beat we beat them when it counted, and obviously beating them for the Big Ten tournament, you know, meant a lot to us as well. Man, I'm not
1: gonna lie, I'm still convinced that if Brandon Dawson doesn't get hurt in that Ohio State game at home, then you guys be it.
0: Oh, that you you and me, you and me both, Ryan, like you know and mostly because of because of BJ's defense i mean BJ like made a huge impact on the defensive end especially from a rebounding perspective and i think that was the one thing we definitely missed um when we played louisville was not only his defense but you know him hitting the offensive glass too was definitely something that we missed a lot when it came to his injury but you know i mean things things happen for a reason and i you know obviously you know obviously for whatever reason You know, BJ had to go through a little bit of obstacles in his life, which was to overcome an ACL injury and see where he can go. And he ended up having an incredible career at the end of the day at Michigan state. But, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'll still, and, you know, I'll go to my grave saying this as well, that we would, we would have went to the final four and, you know, we, we would have, we would have competed with Kentucky, you know, that would have been, that would have been a tough game playing Anthony Davis and those guys, but you know, I still, like you said, we probably – I I really think we would have made the Final Four had he not gotten hurt against Ohio State. Absolutely. He was – hit. he he.
1: he – I'm telling you, man, it's just unfortunate he got hurt because if he stayed healthy and he didn't tear his ACL, I think he's a good – I think he is a different player, like, later in his career, too. He was a great player at MSU, but I think he's on a different level if he doesn't have that ACL tear.
0: Yeah, I agree with you because, like, just the way he was playing, you know, his freshman year – I mean, did he, did he make freshman mistakes from time to time? Of course. I mean, what freshman's not going to do that? But, you know, just how he was playing as far as, you know, from an offensive standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, like he I – think, I think had he not gotten hurt, he probably would have been a lottery pick his sophomore year because he would have built more – he would have put on more muscle. He would have gotten more jump in his jump. Um, his jump shot would have been, in, you know, even better shape than what it was his freshman year. And he would have been able to work on, you know, a lot more things, you know, if he didn't get hurt. And so, obviously, that kind of set him back a little bit. But, you know, again, he ended up turning into a very good four-year player for Michigan State. But, you know, it's, all, it's one of those what ifs. You know, what if, what if he didn't get hurt? You know, what would the end result be in the 2011-12 season? You know, what would have been the end result for his career? But, I mean, he's having an incredible career overseas right now. You know, I, I've been watching him play a few games in China you know, recently and he's doing an incredible job. So, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. And, you know, he, he's got a long career ahead of him still. So I'm excited to see where that's going to take him.
1: Yeah. I've been following him a little bit too. I've seen that he's been overseas this year and uh, there's a guy out there who's a uh, MSU grad that's Chinese that posts in my Facebook group and gives updates on him, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, glad to hear he's doing well. Uh, can you give AI, can you give an example of a halftime adjustment Izzo made that really changed the game that you played in
0: oh man um i can I can name a lot of them um yeah i think i think one i think one that stood out um for me was you know we were playing Lehigh at home um my senior year, and I remember Lehigh had believe it or not i don't know if you remember ryan but they had c j McCollum on their team that year that's right, and yeah. so he um he came and I think he dropped like 21 points on us or something like that. Um, but I, I know their bigs and their forwards we're, were kind of causing a problem for us in the beginning. I know Lehigh went up, I believe they were up like five or six at halftime in our place. And so, you know, Coach Izzo made the adjustment, you know, to make sure that we just kind of – not not really double down on the bigs, but just to make sure, you know, just kind of jab at them and, um, and just kind of swipe at the ball, you know, just jab at the ball and then get back to – uh uh, to your, to, to whoever you're guarding. And so, so we want, we, if CJ McCollum was going to beat us, beat us that game, he was going to beat us. But, you know, we were able to um, make sure we jab in the post whenever that ball went down in the post and, you know, make sure that their forwards didn't get wide open shots. And so, and just, just how kind of Coach Izzo does things on the fly too, was really some of the, you know, most incredible coaching that I've seen anybody do, you know, in my lifetime as a player. Hey, um, uh...
2: This season, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. You, already, you already talked about it a little bit, but um, what were you thinking? You thinking that the streak
0: was over? I mean, I, I was texting, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, you might want to be prepared, you know, for the worst possible outcome, which is the streak ending. And, you know, I, I was having conversations with Austin Thornton, you know, AT and I played, you know, three years in Michigan State together and we played AAU, to ball, AAU ball together. So, Austin and I have known each other for a long time and And I kind of told him, I said, I said, I don't know about you, man, but, you know, the fact that this streak may come to an end, I don't know if that – I don't know if I should be upset or just be annoyed because it's something that we worked so hard for. And so, you know, I was definitely in the boat with everybody else on, you know, the streak's over, you know, because all I kept thinking about was the Detroit Red Wings when they lost their 25-year playoff streak. I was like, man, like – I. like, I don't even know how it would feel as a player, or as a coach to lose a streak like that. But but again, after we beat Indiana, you know, part of me was like, all right, well, we beat a tough Indiana team at their place. We were down 16 or whatever it was. stormed back and won. I was like, OK, let's see what we do against Illinois. And then not only did we beat Illinois, but we beat them up pretty good. I was like, all right, well, let's see what we do against Ohio State, because that's two top five teams in, in less than 48 hours. Then we go ahead and beat Ohio state. And I said to myself after that, I was like, okay, I said, I don't know what was said, you know, maybe it was Coach Zo's you know, open comments to the public about everybody's up for an audition now, you know, because there's going to be change, you know, at the end of the season or whatever his quote was. And so I immediately thought back to that quote and I was like, you know what? The, the, the auditions quote, I think hit home to a lot of those guys. And I think for whatever reason Josh Langford and Aaron Henry just said, you know what? We're not going out like this. We're not gonna be the ones to see the streak go down the drain. And so was I nervous? Absolutely I was. Was I in the same boat as everybody else of uh, well, get prepared for a tournament with no not only no Duke, no Kentucky, no North Carolina, but no Michigan State. Yeah, I was in that I was in that boat with everybody. But just seeing how that these guys have turned it around, like I said, has been Nothing short of incredible. And I'm super excited to see how they can play now with that weight off their shoulder. And now it's just zero and zero. Throw all the records out the window and let's just see what they can do now.
2: Hey, I just want to say um, it's kind of funny you bring up Austin Thornton. Um, you might not know this, but I actually know both of you guys. My older brother, Richard, played with you guys on the Mustangs.
0: Richard Hemingway, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that my older brother. So, yes, I'm sure you remember us. Oh, man, how am I just finding out about this now, man? Well, I just wanted to
0: have a live
2: drop like this. And <laughs> you, you served it up perfectly.
0: <laughs> that is crazy, man. That is crazy. <laughs> Sm- yeah. Oh, small world, huh? Small world indeed, man. Small world. I tell world.
2: you what, when um, we found out both of you guys were on the team, we thought it was something else.
0: Yeah, I mean, just and it's funny, too, because, you know, Austin was with, uh you know, we play with them. As you know, we play with the Michigan Mustangs, you know, our freshman year in high school. And then, you know, Austin went to go play for the Hurricanes the next year, which broke my heart because I was like, Austin, like, come on, man. Like, don't go to the Hurricanes, man. You got to stay with us. <laughs> like and then <laughs> then he came back and played for the Mustangs the following summer. But then I left, you know, a month after that to go play for another team. And I was like. I was like, man, but you know what was so what's so great about me and Austin's friendship is that, despite us going one way or one way and the other goes the other, I mean, we always stayed in touch with one another and we always made sure that we checked on each other from time to time, asked how our families were doing, and even when I was at Grand Valley State, I mean, he, you know, Cedar Springs kid, you know that Austin is. I mean, we we were always checking checking in on each other, and then when I was transferring to. Um, when I finally made the decision to transfer to Michigan state, I mean, he just, he welcomed me with open arms. He showed me the ropes. He had my back all the time. If guy, you know, and for, for those listening, you know, I know there are some people who have flat out said, well, I I don't understand how Anthony is on the autism spectrum. I just don't see it. Well, my autism, I'm very black and white. And one of my biggest weaknesses is I can't catch jokes and sarcasm very well. And the team I was on, the teams I was on at Michigan State, I mean, there were guys who were the kings of sarcasm and jokes. And I mean, and everybody knows that Draymond is number one on that list. <laughs> so whenever, the, whenever there was a time I couldn't tell that, you know, he was being serious, he was joking. Austin was immediately the one I can lean on to and be like, "Hey, at." was he being serious? Was he joking? And he was just like, Hey, it's, it's okay. It's a joke. You know, just, you, you can laugh. It's all right. So, you know, for, for me to be able to have, you know, a friendship like that and just a guy who has had my back my whole life. I mean, it's, it really is a blessing. AI, I, uh, you're a front court
1: guy. So what has your take been on the front court situation?
0: I mean, it's definitely been difficult. Um, I think that's the one thing that, um, You know, I kind of been disappointed with you know this whole season is that you know we haven't had guys who I don't I don't want to say have necessarily stepped up per se, but I mean we haven't had that dominant post presence maybe since Nick Ward. I mean that's that's nothing against you know Xavier Tillman. I mean X was more of it was was like a Draymond in a lot of ways. He was in the post, he was out of the post, but. Nick Ward was like a true post player and just that big presence he had down low was what really made us successful a lot up until he got hurt. And then when he came back, you know, having that post presence was huge when we went to the final four, two years ago. Um, But I mean, just, I mean, just look at the success that Michigan has had this year. I mean, they, they get a seven foot freshman in Hunter Dickinson and he's an absolute monster. If you look at the success of Illinois, you know, not only do they have good guard play, but they have a very good post player in Kobe Coburn. I mean, and, and that's what you need, you know, to have a successful, to be a very, very good team, is that you need to have really good guard play and you need to have a post presence. So I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens in the offseason because, you know, depending how many, you know, if 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 guys leave and how many, and how many guys decide to leave, you know, if there's going to be a few openings where Coach Izzo looks in the transfer portal, and goes and gets a, an experienced post player, an experienced guard. So, but I mean, uh, you, you got to give credit where credit's due, especially with Julius Marble. You know, I think Julius has been incredible in, on defense the, these last few games. I mean, it's not easy playing against you know the you know Dickinson and Coburn, and I think he's done an incredible job. And you know, the one thing I think that separates Julius Marble from the rest is that Julius he's just tough, man. He's a tough kid, and so you know, I like what he brings. He, his toughness is great. And, you know, you gotta give Marcus Bingham credit too. I, I know Marcus has had a struggle this season. You know, I've been, I've criticized him a lot too, but you know, when, when we needed him to shine and show up, I mean, he's done his job. I mean, he did an incredible job with Hunter Dickinson yesterday. And so, so I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the off season, you know, when it comes to the front court, because again, you know, if you want to be a really good team, you got to have, you got to have good guard play and you got to have somebody who could just dominate in the post. And it's been a while since we've had one of those. Absolutely.
1: I'm with you on uh, Marble and definitely Bingham has been really good, I think, this second half of the year. um, I mean, I, He's not like what I thought he would be when he came to MSU. I thought he'd be like an all-Big Ten type of guy because uh, he just had that potential, but he's – Turned himself into a hell of a defensive player for sure.
0: Exactly, and I was kind of hoping you know Marcus would kind of be, you know, an, another Adrian Payne. You know that could that I mean he in a lot of ways he he's almost built like AP from a height standpoint, from a length standpoint. But I think AP was probably a little bit bigger than him as far as muscle wise. But you know, I think the one thing that has always separated that comparison is that. Adrian Payne had a motor, man. I mean, he, he, if he got tired, he could still keep going. And so I think that's the one thing that separates him. And and, and and AP wasn't his own worst enemy, you know? And I think that was kind of the problem with Marcus early on in the season was that he got in his head, to, his own head too many times. And, but I think obviously he's starting to learn from that now. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling with him for at least the next few weeks.
1: Absolutely. Uh we're going to put you on the spot here.
0: How do you, how do you think
1: MSU is going to do in the big 10 tournament and the NCAA tournament?
0: Oh man. You know, I think for me, if, if, if Michigan state gets to the semis, I mean, that's, that's a win in my book because if you're going to beat Maryland and then you're going to turn around and beat Michigan again, I mean, that's a big win. And then you got to go ahead and play. I believe is it. A, it's not is it either Ohio state or Iowa. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. It would be Iowa or Purdue, and if somehow you, if somehow Purdue knocks off Iowa and you get to the semis and you're playing Purdue again, like I, I'll take, I'll take Michigan State in that game because, you know, we we owe Purdue one from you know when we lost to them at our place in a game we should have never lost, in a game where I think we could have beaten them in West Lafayette. So, you know, obviously I would love our, I I would love nothing more than for our guys to go out and win it. Well, it's going to be a tough road. And, uh, but like I said, this is a team now that is getting warm, (laughs) you know, not only is the weather getting warm outside, but this basketball team in East Lansing is starting to get, you know, hotter now too. And you got a coach who is known for, you know, this time of month, you know, he is dubbed Mr. March for a reason. So, you know, if they get to the semis, that's pretty good for this team, but, I will not be surprised though if they somehow end up in the finals somehow, some way. Um, as far as the tournament goes, I mean that's that, that's a toss-up, man. Because it, it obviously, as you know, Ryan, it all depends where what what bracket you are in. If you're in a bracket with Gonzaga or in Baylor, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. No disrespect to the other 15 teams that are in their bracket. I mean. They they are the two best teams in the country for a reason. They got guards. They can shoot. Um, they got post players that just do an incredible job on defense and on offense. So, I mean, if you're in Baylor or Gonzaga's region, like you, you'll you be lucky. You'll be lucky enough to, you know, at least get to the Elite Eight and then maybe lose to those two teams. But if you're in, like, Michigan or Illinois' side of the bracket, you've got a good chance. And what I don't want to see happen with Michigan State is – I don't want to see us as a nine seed. I don't. What, what I would love to see is us as a 10 seed. Because if you look at all the two seeds that are out there, or even the three seeds, we could beat, any, we could beat either one, any one of those teams. I mean, I was watching Villanova the other day, and without their best player, Villanova, Villanova's maybe a five seed without their best player. So if we're in a bracket with Villanova, like, I like our chances. I really do. So if, if, we, get, if we get that 10 seed, you know, I was telling my buddy this the other one of my buddies this the other day. If we get a ten seed and we keep and we stay on the, the role that we are or we stay on you know the um if we stay on what we're on right now as far as being a good team, you know, I could I like our chances getting to the second weekend. So but that that's if we're, you know, not in Gonzaga or Baylor's bracket and we're not a nine seed. But you know, if we win the big ten tournament, you better believe that you know, I mean, when, when Michigan won the Big Ten tournament four years ago, they jumped up to a six seed. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, if Michigan State wins the Big Ten tournament, they could jump up to that sixth seed. You never know. Um, yeah. But it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. But, like I said, if we stay within that 7-11 seed range, you know, I, I really like our chances on, on how far they can go and maybe get to the next uh, – get into the second weekend. I'm, I'm with you on
1: that 8 9 I don't want it neither or not. Like like no. I just want to completely avoid Gonzaga and Baylor, like you said, I do not want anything to do with either of those two teams. No,
0: absolutely not. Because like I said, they they are the best two teams in the country for a reason. And I know a couple of my you know buddies who are Michigan fans said that they would be Gonzaga. I was like you you haven't watched you haven't watched like enough yeah. uh T V on Gonzaga lately. So they are they, they are, are good.
1: easily the best team in the country, for sure. There's no doubt.
0: I mean, they, they have three, three lottery picks right now on their team and maybe one of the best freshman guards in the country. I mean, I mean who's going to stop that right now? I mean, if, if Gonzaga does not win – I'm just going to say this right now. If Gonzaga does not win the national championship this year, I don't know when Mark Fuel will win one because this, this is probably his best team that he has had at Gonzaga maybe since the year they lost to Carolina in the national championship. Um, but if he doesn't get one this year, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I don't know when he'll get another – get another opportunity. I'm I'm not going to lie,
1: man. I've been – I've watched them a few times this year, and watching Drew Timmy, who MSU recruited pretty hard, is really frustrating because <laughs> I just keep on wondering what – how different this team would be if he was on the team this year.
0: Oh, no question. That dude is legit. No, there's no question. No question, Ryan. I mean, it's just been – I mean, it, I mean, if you look at Dwayne Washington at Ohio State too, I mean, Michigan State was in on him too, and even Trayvon Williams, yeah, exact, exactly. And I've always, I've always sat back, and whenever I watch Ohio State or watch Purdue play, I've always had that, that question in my head: What if Trayvon Williams was at Michigan State? What if Dwayne Washington was at Michigan State? And so, it's like all those what ifs, what could have been. But you know, like I said, things happen for a reason, and. You know, Trayvon Williams has turned himself into a heck of a player at Purdue, which, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if he sticks around for his senior year or if he's going to go and test the draft waters or not.
1: I, I've said before, if you uh, at the very least, you need to declare, like, just at least get some feedback. And I think he's going to at least do that. So we'll see what happens.
0: Absolutely. But, um.
1: AI, uh, if you want to talk about uh, your motivational speaking and your new book coming out, go for it, my man.
0: So, for those of you that do not know, um, I've been a um, national motivational speaker now for a little over eight and a half years, and doing a lot of my motivational speaking through my anti-bullying initiative titled the Relentless Tour. Um, had the pandemic not happened last year, Ryan, um, I would have reached over to—I I would have spoken to over one hundred sixty thousand individuals just last year alone um so it still ended up being around 30 to forty thousand individuals i spoke to but you know so with the relentless tour platform you know my message of anti-bullying is getting in schools as much as possible talking about be careful uh, be careful what you're saying do to others because you never know who that person will be like in the future as well as go out and be the change and make that change in life that you wish to see um so i'm very proud of the work i do i'm not even close to being done i'm just getting started and I'm just chomping at the bit, man, to to get back out and start traveling all over the country and all over the state again in schools. So so I can tell you this fall is going to be super busy for me and I'm excited for it. And speaking of this fall, um, my book titled Centered Autism Basketball, One Athlete's Dream uh, will be on, will be available on September 7th this coming fall. So uh, my book center will be all over. It'll be on Google. Amazon, Barnes and & Nobles, and iupress.com or wherever you buy your books online at. So I'm excited, man. I mean, this this is something that, you know, I, it, it's kind of taken a couple years just to plan out, do, and just see where it leads. But, you know, I'm just very excited that, you know, my book is actually going to be coming to reality. And, and who knows, I mean, what, what the book will bring. I mean maybe Dwayne Johnson will end up playing my father in a future film titled center one day. I mean, you, 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 you never know, man, you never know. But I mean, you know, my book is also going to be on, uh, on audiobook too. And, you know, I'm excited to announce that, you know, uh, the audio company who's doing uh, my audio book, they want me to narrate the book. So I'm, I'm excited for that process and see how that all, all that pans out. So, but so September 7th, my book centered coming out, everybody go and check it out.
1: Hey, I thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. We'll have to get you on again soon. Uh, take it easy. I'm really happy to hear you're doing well still. Good talking to you, man.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Yep. Take it easy, I. All right. See ya. Right. up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis.
2: Magic at Michigan State.